Welcome to the Viewless Wings Poetry Podcast, where we celebrate the craft of poetry. Each week, we feature interviews with incredible poets and artists, including Olivia Gatwood and A.E. Stallings, and original poetry read by the authors. I'm your host, James Moorhead, poet laureate of Dublin, California, and author of Canvas and Portraits of Red and Gray. On this week's episode of the Viewless Wings Poetry Podcast, we are featuring poems submitted to Viewless Wings and read by the authors. We love providing a platform for poets to share their words on viewlesswings.com and their voices on the Viewless Wings Poetry Podcast. Visit viewlesswings.com to learn more about how to submit your poem for a future episode or find Viewless Wings on submittable.com. And now we turn the mic over to our first featured poet. My name is Yael Valencia Aldana. I am a writer and a poet living in South Florida with my son and a few too many pets. A bit about me. I graduated with my MFA from Florida International University in creative writing, and I also teach there. My poems and other writing are published or upcoming in South Florida Poetry Journal, Chapter House Journal, Antithesis Blog, Type House, Scapegoat Review, and others. I will be reading my poem, Hammerhead, and this is based on an incident with me and my mother. I grew up on the very small Caribbean island of Barbados, and in that country, many of the roads are very close to shore. And one day, as we were driving by, my mother and I saw some men struggling to bring an enormous shark into shore. And she had her own shark story for me. Hammerhead, after Ada Lamone. I could not imagine that such a creature could be caught. I could not imagine the colossal total of his rough-hewn weight or that he could be brought into our world. A membrane must have been broken, thrust through to still the muscle breath of this Leviathan. It seemed wrong that three men could labor under the immensity of his shifting body in shallow water, in their rickety boat with blue and white paint peeling, or that my mother and I would be passing on the road at that exact moment in our white mini to see his dead king's body and the three men struggling with him, their prize. How had they managed it? How had he been taken? Was he hooked or was he found floating, his head slack in death, fresh still? How had they claimed him? How had they hoisted him into this shallow pretense of a boat? My eight-year-old self wanted to know everything. As usual, my mother wanted to know nothing. But as usual, she had a story about how she ate shark once and didn't like it. I'm George Atchison, author of the chapbook Feast Days and the full length The First Night We Thought the World Would End. This poem is in response to a mesmerizing photograph by Richard Ross. We're both lucky enough to live in Santa Barbara, California, and living in such a place always makes me consider the lives of those for whom a tourist spot is just home, just a job. That led to this poem. 
Gathering light at a ferry stop, Gisolo, Italy. Damned if it's dawn or dusk, the sun, reflecting like a quarter wobbled on, its arc to heads or tails, and who knows which means who wins or why. Take the ferry forth and back into and out of your days. Someone has to launder the sand from the sheets of this resort town set on the Adriatic's Italian armpit. Or so you think when desiring to be bitter as a morrow and melodramatic as the opera you can't afford. Instead, your life rests like the medicine they gave you as a child, melting onto your tongue like sun into sea. So firmly you are warned not to swallow or chew. Just wait, and when it's all dissolved, you'll be well on your way to cured. Hi, my name is Maddie Robinson, and I am a writer from the Rocky Mountains. I write in many genres, including short stories, news articles, and travel impressions. My work has been featured on CBC Books, Ember Chasm Review, and elsewhere, and I like to interview writers for Calgary's monthly literary radio feature. This poem is about the voyeuristic phenomenon of light, among other things. Years ago, I read a poem relating to light that utilized similar techniques in using punctuation, line breaks, and slashes. When I scoured the pages of the internet, I couldn't find the piece that inspired this, despite its similarities. I hope you enjoy. Light. Verb. What is light, really? Not as noun or object, but as undoing. Light. Untangling rivers. Easing into water. Massaging photons into flowers. Warming mantles between mountain thighs. Light. Reading, harding, the resting place of my spine. Kissing gold beneath geological ambivalence. Light. Fingerprinting earth's pottery. Pulling hickeys through submerged photography. Light. Blazing strawberry. Peeling citrus through bruised nightmare of deep sky. Black and blue and light. Sips miraging the concave lip of grail. Negative exposure. Christmas foils. Cornering mass into squares. Light. Synapsing stones over smooth water. Light. Kiting scarves. Fished from dark sleeves. Bending lovers over taffy hooks. Skinning mornings. Fingering pages of sun. Light. The only visit that mattered. He came toward me. Forming mirrors. Treble signature of her tipping body. He did say, let there be. Whatever the opposite of what shadow is made of. Withheld promise in the ribcage of second chance. Light. Stalagmites. Light. Salivates through the window. Venetian slit. Leaning towers. Threading filament and eggshell silhouette. Light. When he first wakes. Chiropractic. Yolk gravity fingers. Bloodletting glow sticks. And Mother Earth had an orgasm. Different when you're watching. This is all just one slow death negating rewrite. And this was never about us, because we can be anything. Let me show you. Light. Thumbs, stiffs, grinds, scissors, writhes, but it does not fuck. Light. Grasps, heaves, comes, but it tops at fuck. Now, 
We could keep this light all between us. We could keep this. This is my love letter. We could write a poem about anything. It all makes sense. This thrill between us, starfire flint, making love ask permission, our grip on the electric fence, motion elucidates emptiness, and him, and light, and light, and light, 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 light. Are you even reading this? I am Corinne Falcone Krieger, and this is my poem, Met. It was inspired by the Southeast Asian collection at the Metropolitan Museum of Art. Standing yakshi female nature spirit, mature spirited buxom goddess, dispensing coins. Thunderbolt bearing and seated, yaksha male nature spirit, god of fire or Buddha of the future. Durga slays buffalo, her old jewelry melted down, now gold weapons in her hair. Krishna baffles the horse demon, standing thousand-armed cosmic form. The lustration of Lakshmi, goddess of fortune, bathed with sacred water by elephants. She dreams a god of transcendent wisdom, four-armed, peaceful. He desires eight-armed Tara, Buddhist goddess of salvation. They met at the museum. Amorous royal couple, Shiva and Uma, lord and lady, dancing celestial. Plaque from tantric ritual apron, mother goddess Matrika in black stone. Fragment of pull toy. Yama, Lord of Death, Dancing Skeletons. Rebirth, Goddess of Dawn with Seven Dogs, Embodied Bodhisattva. My name is Rachel Richmond. I'm a senior at Holland University majoring in English, and I'm also an editor for Gravel Magazine. My work has been published by Wingless Dreamer and Wild Roof Journal, and has also been shown in an anthology by American high school poets, as well as in a Holland University anthology about mental health. I write as a form of healing, a form of grieving, and a form of growing, as well as as a passion. Each of my works holds the weight of my lived experiences, and I put my heart into each one. The poem that I'm about to read is a part of a grieving process. Two of my close friends died when I was 15, and it's seven years later, and it's still hard, so I write poetry about it. This is Cardinals They Come in Pairs. Ever since I learned from a swing set in a car crash that death is an eternal passenger in each car we drive, every time I see cardinals, I see two. Two scarlet birds, their paths interwoven, they come in pairs. 
After my friends died, my mom told me that cardinals are people you loved coming down to earth to say hello, visiting you from heaven, and for the longest time, I thought that these birds were my dead friends, stopping in to say hello. Stopping in to say, we will always be your friends. Stopping in to say, we are still here, we never left, not even death can make us leave you, not forever. We are both here and in heaven. We are still here, we are still here, we are still here. I needed those cardinals to be my friends. They were proof that something remained of people I loved, and what were the chances of it being a coincidence that they came in pairs? On my walks to school, I'd frequently see those red birds. They came in pairs. I'd look fondly upon them, smile up at them and say hello to my friends, a glowing warmth filling me as I got to tell them one last time that they were loved. The sun filtering through the foliage of the trees they perched on made death feel a little less eternal, more like something that turned people into cardinals rather than turning them into nothing, like permanence did not apply to heaven. After a few years had passed, I decided that my friends weren't here or in heaven. I ignored the red birds because they weren't coming back, not even in pairs. I stopped believing that they were here. I stopped believing in those cardinals in an afterlife, in souls, in a greater meaning. I stopped believing in my friends. The world felt heavy with the crushing weight of death. I was like Atlas, but it wasn't the sky I was holding up. It was dead people I'd loved. Now, I think I was right to think that those cardinals were the ones that I loved. My friends are still checking in on me even from as far away as heaven. They're still checking in on me because they died loving me and that love remains. Death is real, but so are my friends and they always will be. There is something in those pairs, something that logic can't explain away. Those birds may not really be my friends, but there's something to be said about the reason why I always see two cardinals. Something about love, something about loss, something about eternality. Those cardinals may not actually be my dead friends, but they represent who I lost and loved, and that means that all that time spent seeing them as my dead friends wasn't a delusion, it meant something. The dead, even from as far away as heaven, live on in the people who loved them, in the people who still love them, in scarlet pairs. When I see cardinals, I think of my friends, and in that way, they exist beyond death. My friends are still here, scarlet and skybound, they are cardinals. Death is permanent, but nobody really dies as long as they are still loved. My friends are either no nowhere or in heaven, but they're also here, and they come in pairs. Hi, I'm Mara Adamant Scrupe, and I'm a writer, visual artist, and documentary filmmaker. I've authored six prize-winning poetry collections and received quite a few creative grants and fellowships. I've been twice nominated for the Pushcart Prize, and my poems have been published in national and international literary magazines. I serve concurrently, presently, as Lance Williams, residence, resident artist in the Arts and Sciences, University of Kansas in Lawrence, Kansas, and I'm Dean and Professor Emerita, University of the Arts, Philadelphia. I live full-time with my husband on our farm, bordering the James River in the Blue Ridge Mountains countryside of Virginia. My poem is called A Brief History of Birds of Prey, she said. Were I eagle, red-tailed hawk, or any kind of raptor, from the Latin repio, you guessed it, to seize or take by force, as though threatening, loving, chiding, she said it and meant it, a bird-like dinosaur survivor from the pteropod period, meaning 
a meat-eating T-Rex or feathered Archaeopteryx of the late Jurassic era, 150 million years. From this perch, from my stick-built arboreal nest, my talons outstretched to keen, I'd tear any vertebrate figuring down to dusk. Swift dash cull. Inescapable victim? Or were I instead, she said, a stone slab, an articulated tile, or some kind of tectonic shift, my earthly plates uplifting a billion years back, an alp or butte, ridge or range. More than plain, she said, the cumbrance of embrace, were I Vesuvial, a coital eruption, the gray or purple of molten phyllite, and slate interlaced with banded quartz, from the Chiloe group of Catoctin formation, columnar up the sides of these oldest of mountains. In my feasibility, my beating is easily shivered with the proper tools, brake iron, punch, and scriber. I'd make a roofing slate perfectly in severed strata, as such of my silken cleavage. Were I dominated plainly, were I fragile, as rat-nod concrete, were I the storyteller in some precise art, with twenty names each for rain and snow and wind, in explicit parlance, in my oratorial patois, I'd tell a score each of anger, sadness, love, the piercing of a human heart. From my solace, in the intrinsic patience of this land, I'd draw the gathered multitude, a rendering that simple English could not possibly challenge. In hell of hot, quinta of noiseless voices, were I the I in the power, threatening, loving, chiding. She said, I never fought. I let him take me, fuck me, in a starless suburban motel, relishing my right to it, to my first person, to my own positionality, to my own living life. This, this is my story, she said, surviving, surpassing, as an elephant of, of Leviathan memory, or even bigger, better, Jefferson's incognitum en famille, protected or grieving, not eating other animals, nor caging, nor isolating, nor torturing, were I, she said, a very young calf withstanding slaughter, or the bones and teeth of that massive, unnamed animal found at Big Bone Lake, or as well another in South Carolina. Enslaved Africans pointed out the resemblance. Were I decoder or philosopher or explicator of affinity, or only myself, in specious self-defense, after all, pleasantly bobbing my recollective waves, just a one-time physical thing between strangers, no victim, no violator. Just a Lake Travis trailer park because I could quickie. Coup de grass, drop off. Busted screen door, slap. Thank you. The Viewless Wings Poetry Podcast is written and produced by James Moorhead. You can follow me on Twitter at Dublin Ranch. Subscribe to the Viewless Wings Poetry Podcast 
and follow us on viewlesswings.com or on Instagram at viewlesswings.